From Studio 102 in the scenic BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioWords Global, where we're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm this week's host, David King, and our guest today is Debbie Maxwell. Hello. Welcome, welcome to Studio 102, Debbie. Thank you. Debbie was just saying that uh, this building is significantly different than when she was first over here during the old convalescent uh, COVID plasma days. Yes. Like uh, nothing was in this building, exactly. basically. Exactly. Exactly. The workmen. <laughs> it was under repair. It's a, little, it's a little different now, and this room is very different. Totally. A little, totally a little padding on the wall yes. and everything. It's, 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 like a, it's like sort of the, the asylum for us. So, so, Debbie, you know, you and I visited before, but I, I wanted to sort of to, to get your story to people that maybe hadn't heard about you, don't know about you, because we love you, Debbie. You Thank have the, you. You have a very big personality <laughs> and very friendly personality. We love being around you. Thank you. So, so I know you have a history in, in the blood business, even before you came mm-hmm. to work here. What, what's your background? Um, well, I've been a medical assistant since 1990, but I went into blood banking. This is my 24th year. I did 15 years at the Blood Center in Wisconsin, um, and now I've been at South Texas for nine, so a total of uh, 24. So what sort of made you get into the field? Well, I've always wanted to help people. Um, I was honestly, I was in school for nursing and chemistry killed me and I dropped it before I failed it and I never went back. And I actually was living in Austin. And when I went back to Milwaukee, I applied at the blood center and they called me and that's where I was. So when we needed to move to Texas, I applied to every warm state that had a blood center. I said, I'm sticking to what I know and what I'm pretty good at. And San Antonio called, so here we are, and this is where I've been since I moved here. I actually had this job before I even moved to San Antonio. So what's the difference? I mean, you you, you have a completely different experience with a completely different blood center. Um, I think as far as the policies, procedures, that's different. That's the same. The only difference is the heat. You know, so <laughs> the difference is the heat. And I did mobiles over there, but we were inside setups. So everything was inside versus here we have more buses. So that's pretty much the main difference of everything else is pretty much the same. Well, we don't have cool stuff like the convalescent plasma and all the extra stuff. So <laughs> speaking, speaking, speaking of which, that, that's uh, the convalescent plasma is one of the sort of the many things you've done around here. Yes. So tell us, tell us what different do- jobs you've done since you've been here. Well, this is my third time being supervisor. Um, yeah. At first, I was supervisor over the mobile team, and I had 18 staff members under me then. Um, And then I was at the fixed sites. So I was at DP, Donor Pavilion for a supervisor. Then I was supervisor at Southeast, Brook City-based location. And now I am supervisor again, but this time I'm over the mobile mobile apheresis program. So that's what I do now. So more specialized. Yes, what I love. I love automation, though. That is my passion is automation. Why so? Um, I've always had the passion of knowing that the automation was a direct, but my grandmother was a recipient of plasma. 
and she received eight to 10 units of plasma a day for 15 days straight. She had TTP, so where her own body immune system was eating up her red cells. So that kind of talking to the hematologist and being able to know directly how the blood was actually saving her, um, it took my job to a different level. So it was personal. And then with my mom with her cancer, she received a lot of blood. So it became personal on a different level mm -hmm. for me. Now, we recently um, refurbished the Legacy Garden oh, out in yes. front of the Donor Pavilion. It mm -hmm. was a, a lovely Saturday morning, yes. by the way. We were very fortunate about oh, the Oh, my weather. gosh, yes, we were. So tell us, you have a special connection with the Legacy Garden, don't you? I do. Um, it's special to me, not just because of what Susan Smith does and having that avenue for those that have loved ones that have transitioned on, but I have a stone for three of my loved ones. Um, my husband passed January 2020, and then my mom passed six weeks later in February of 2020, and then my dad passed seven weeks after my mom in the beginning of April. So it's personal to me because it's, you know, like I said, I have a stone for all three of them out there. And I think it's just nice to go out there and see new items out there. So you know that people are visiting it even when we're not at the blood center. Family members are coming to tribute and, you know, participate in the activities. And, and that's something awesome. Like, as long as I've been working, I've never worked for a company that had such a thing as a memorial or legacy garden. So I think that's pretty phenomenal. So I'm glad to be a part of that. And and you have a pretty strong community too. That had to have been a tough, mm -hmm. you know, a tough several months. That you had yeah. to have a really strong community it supporting was. you. It was, but you know, I have to admit, South Texas and BioBridge, everyone was very, very supportive. You know, because my husband was in the hospital 27 days before he even passed away. And I mean, for them to allow me the opportunity to be able to be there, even though he was in a coma and, you know, on a ventilator, just to know that I had security in my job and the support of even people that I didn't know that were supporting me and encouraging me and, you know, just allowing me to still you know, be there the best I could at work as well as being there for my family. And it's, it's, a, it's a difficult time. Yes, very much so, very much so. And I know you also have a community with your church. Tell oh, us yeah. a little about your church. So um, at my church, I, um, I'm i a usher, but that was my husband and I used to usher, and he used to work the food pantry. So now that he's passed away, I try to still represent him when I can for the food pantry as well. And then my church also has a little partnership with the Meals on Wheels. So I also do the food pantry and Meals on Wheels um, as well. So I just try to help out as much as I can and, you know, just try to give back as much as possible. And But you you very much had support from people in that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. So that's how I was I was very fortunate because I had my church community family plus my work community family. And knowing that I didn't have any family like family family in San Antonio and then my parents were in Austin. So, you know, to not have anybody like family member wise, it was like the blood center is my family. So what do you do outside of this family atmosphere? Man, Debbie? outside of here, like I said, um, 
I'm getting back into roller skating now. So yeah, so I'm getting back into roller skating. And I'm also um, a big for Big Brother Big Sisters. So I'm actually waiting to be matched right now with a little. So they have a potential for me. So, you know, just doing that and trying to give back and help somebody else, um, motivate and encourage somebody else. And, you know, I already have it in my mind, like doing stuff like the zoo or SeaWorld because it's exercise, you know. They think they're just seeing animals or whatever, but I'm like, no, really, girl, you're going to be getting some exercise. So... <laughs> There's all there's always an extra motivation oh, man. there, right? You know, you know me, Mr. King. I always have a, a behind the scene motive. So yeah. That's a, that's a good way to operate there. <laughs> Make sure everything works right. Exactly. Well, all right, Debbie. Well, thanks for coming over. We really appreciate you. Oh, thanks no for problem. sharing your story. Oh, exactly. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Executive producers of the Hearts of Fire podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. Our producer is Heather Hughes. Our director is Angelica Sandoval. Technical assistance from Matt Flores. The Hearts of Fire logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you have an idea, a suggestion, maybe you want to be on the Hearts of Fire podcast, feel free to email us, heartsoffire at biobridgeglobal.org. Thanks for listening.